Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by Gymdesk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, go to gymdesk.com. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is George Liu a lifelong fitness fanatic turned lead gym expert for gyms. Drawing from a wealth of compelling case studies, George demonstrates how you can generate business-saving profits fast from well-designed upfront offers. In fact, George even saved a gym that was less than a month from closing down using the systems he unpacks in this very episode. Without further ado, George Liu. All right. Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast, George. Can you go ahead and go into your background in fitness and business and tell us, you know, your how you carved out your niche in that space? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, and thanks for having me, by the way, Josh. Uh, so right. my story is I I had always, so, so right after I graduated uh, from, from school, from college, I had a really, really good job lined up actually in tech. Uh, so I was, a, I was jumping to sales for uh, LinkedIn. So very separate from health and fitness. Um, but the thing that had always pulled me back was uh, this passion for health and fitness because it, it completely changed my life when I was 18, right? So um, a, a little bit about me on the personal side, uh, I was actually born in Japan, raised in China, and I did move to the U.S. until I was about 10 years old. <coughs> mm. And um, so so growing up, for me, it was a, a big shock, really, right? It's like culture change and everything. Um, right. So it actually took me a long time for me to just uh, find who I was. And uh there was a lot of pain, to be honest, uh, just get on the personal side. And um, it wasn't until when I turned 18 that everything turned around. And for me, uh, it was fitness that turned everything around for me. Mm. Um, so when I went out to school, I was like, well, what do you want to learn about? So uh, fitness naturally became like a really big piece of that. So I started, I studied uh, exercise science, uh, slash kinesiology, uh, nutrition, communication, psychology, business, marketing management. Um, so after I graduated, I was like, huh, what do you want to learn more about? Um, at the time, like I've never started anything myself, right? I've always wanted to take a crack at something. Um, I had gotten really deeply involved in like extracurriculars when I was in school. I, was, I turned into a really good student because of fitness. Um, but after I graduated, one thing leading to the next, I came across an ad, clicked into it. <laughs> next thing I know, I dropped like six grand to learn from this couple that was teaching people how to uh, build their own lead gen agency for local business owners. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, so was, um, that's, that's like a long story short, right? It's like next thing I know, I was like, well, if I'm going to bet on anyone, I'm going to bet on me, right? And for more, um, who am I going to serve? Well, gym owners, uh, because if I can help gym owners, I can help more Georges at the age of 18. So like that's that's when it's stuck. Um, and then from then on, it's just been... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy roller coaster, right? So um, but that's, that's kind of my story. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I've, I've, clicked a, I've clicked a few of those ads too. Some of those <laughs> courses, I've dropped a... Not six grand, but I've, I've yeah. dropped, dropped a few grand. Yeah, so yeah. at least half of that. Um, <laughs> some of those courses are actually really good, though. Um, oh yeah, 100%. one of them. One of them helped me to get a job, but uh, <laughs> just be careful. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That, that's awesome. So um, I read that that you you actually ran one of your businesses into bankruptcy, but you were able to rebound from that and actually get to a place where you were generating 
you know, $15,000 a week. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From um, one of the gyms that we were supporting, right? It's like it was, um, it was actually one of my first handful of clients at this point. I was about a year in into dabbling with this thing. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a, handful, a few case studies at that point. Um, so it was one of the clients that we had taken on. Um, and at the time, for the first two years of business, mind you, like when I first jumped into the space, when I started deciding to help gym owners, I was just, frankly, I was shocked at how many negative experiences people had when it came to marketing. Right. So, so I, I was like, it just really baffled me. Right. Because like, I, I'm always the kind of person that like, if, if I feel as though, like I'm not providing enough value to, and I'm, I'm charging um, for something that I'm, promo- I'm not providing enough value. And like, I would not be able to live with that. Right. So day one, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm first of all, I'm getting started, but also like, I want to do it uh, from, from my lens um, the right way to, to help people. Right. So I was always performance-based. So at that point, I was a year in and I was still running a performance-based for two years. I didn't really charge anything for gym owners uh, to, to help them. I was like, hey, like, don't pay me anything. Once I help you out, once I make you money, then you can pay me. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is one of our clients uh, who we're still actually in touch uh, today. We're, we're, we're friends. Uh, they're based out of um, Colorado. So Breckenridge, Colorado, right? So it was across the box. Um, and it was... I won't dive into the, the, the deep details because it's um, not exactly some of the details that for me to share, but, but essentially the gym, um, it was in a really tough spot. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, back in 2019, this was actually before COVID, but it was in a really tight spot because um, pre- previously um, the owner had actually extensive amount of experience building up across the box over in um, New York and Staten Island. But for some reason, the market and Breckenridge, it's a little bit tough, right? Because it's one of those things where uh, one of those um towns in which people flock over during vacations right because it's a skiing mm-hmm. town yeah so they have like skiing seasons and also like mud seasons so like how do you consistently get in front of people um and just make yourself well known uh, in a in a market where people just come and go all the time right right so when i was chatting with them it came in through a referral um i was like holy shit dude like this is tough he was like yeah man like i mean if we don't do something like in a month and a half, like we're just going to go under. And I was like, oh, fuck. Well, like, let's do like, let's, let's do something. Like, we got to do something now. Right. It's like, um, dude, don't even worry about it. Like, don't, don't pay me anything. I just want to help you out. Like, let's turn this around ASAP. Um, mm-hmm. And then once we do, then, then we can figure it out from there. Right. So, so we struck up like a performance deal where it's like, um, he covers the ad spend and we jump into it uh, with what I would recommend in terms of the strategy and just the whole, the whole system. The whole follow-up, the sales process, the script, and everything. Um, and then after that, uh, once we have generated fund and revenue, then we can just like split it like 50-50 at the time. And then it's actually one of the craziest stories I've had because this was for me, it was a um, it was a belief-breaking moment in which uh for me, this that was when I had this uh epiphany of a moment where I was like, wow, this business is uh, what I want to do. Because it's a win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um at the time, I was actually working at LinkedIn. So I was, I had oh, a full-time wow. job lined up. Yeah. So I had, I had a full-time job lined up and then like on the side, I was just like really consulting him. I was spending a lot of time with him. We were getting things launched. Um, and we launched in uh, July, July of 2019. And uh, when we did launch for me, it was a belief breaking moment. Uh, when we did launch, I actually pl- had planned a trip uh, with my sister and my friends uh, to go to China to visit my family because uh, a bulk of my, a bulk of my family were, were still there. Um, so when I went off to China, that's when I launched the campaign and we had a lot of communication leading up until then. Um, but then first week and while I was in China, while I was running this business, helping, helping him out, um, we generated so many leads. It was like, we were getting like two or $3 leads. Um, and then with the first week, 
he posts 29 people and set up $500 each. So he, so he went from making three grand uh, about a month um, to $14,500 in cash collected uh, within a week. Wow. It was ridiculous. Like literally like day one, he, he closed like, um, he closed like seven people at like $3,500. And I'll never forget the text, right? When he sent it to me, he was like, day one when we launched, I just walked back and forth, back and forth. And he was like, he was asking a lot of questions like, oh, about the script. Like what, what if a prospect says this? And I was just like, blah, 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 blah. And by the end of the day, he was like, he was just giving me the reporting, right? He's like, three, four, five. And at the end of the day, he was like, <laughs> it was like eight. I was like, it's like, man, yeah, you're crushing it, huh? It's like, it was like, like, keep it going, man. You keep it rolling. He's like, dude, I, I'm spent. Like, I just, I feel like I've been on the phones for eight hours. He just closing up the phone with a script that I coach him through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, coming out of that, I mean, his gym still stands today. Um, and he, he's someone who values uh, freedom and, and family time a lot. So, so for him, growing the gym to like its max capacity is not the main goal, um, but still standing today. And, and for me, like I was able to help him actually while I was traveling from the US to China. <laughs> so like literally like i kid you not man like when i was getting like the end of the week report or just like when i was like hey man like how did, how did the week wrap up he's like good we closed 29 people at 500 bucks each i was like i was i was on the side of a mountain in china <laughs> it's, it's called uh Zhang Jiajian. it's like a beautiful mountain we were like freaking like i don't know like thirteen thousand feet above, above the air i was like standing on like glass uh gl- edge of the mountain on, on glass and um and at that moment i was like wow I was just able to have such a huge impact on one business owner's life. And also like we were able to do such amazing work together and I could be doing this from anywhere. Um, and that was the moment where I was like, cool, like I'm going to go like all in to build what is gym pillars. Because at the time I was like, um, do I go all in? Do I not? Because I had a really good career path. Um, so that was, that was kind of like that story. Um, but yeah, it really struck a chord within me. And for me, I was like, cool. Like, let me just help more people uh, like him because it was, Honestly, a, a amazing experience for everyone. Um, his his client, and he started weeks in. He started sending me his uh, his his clients' results, and for me, it just came full circle, right? So it's like a win 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 for everyone. Like he was able to just turn his business completely around. Um, his clients, like that, he signed up the twenty nine people. Like a lot of them were able to get such such phenomenal results. Um, and for for me, naturally, I won as well, just based on the performance based deal. And right? so yeah, yeah, that was that. That's a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure you've actually worked with a lot of gyms that are really, really in a tight situation. So you, you kind of, you talked about one of the ways that you were, um, that you were able to turn that around even in just one week. And I know yeah. that some gym owners are really in a bind and could use some fast uh, income generation. Mm-hmm. So, um, is that, is that the only technique you have for turning that around? Like, how is it that that um, a gym owner can easily add $10,000 a month in, re- in additional revenue. Let's, mm. let's talk about how they can approach that. Good question. <clears throat> so top of mind, if, if a gym is struggling, um, so, so this is where, where it's a little bit hard, right? It's like, because it's kind of like chicken and the egg. Um, most gyms, when they are struggling, the number one culprit is likely like they're not actually not charging enough. Mm-hmm. Price point is too low. They don't yeah. have enough of a profit margin. Because when they first started off the business, whether it's when they were taking their savings out and putting everything on the line or taking out a loan or jumping into a deal or what it may be, they just like priced it based on what they saw in their markets. It's like, okay, well, this person's charging this, this person's charging this, let me go squarely in the middle. And then when they do that, they don't know that the other people that were pricing at the price point that they were priced at, they're also not doing well financially because most gyms aren't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the biggest root issue is like price. Um, so, so that's one of the first things. 
But then the second piece is um, most gyms, what I have found, they care a lot about their people. They care about impact, right? So their, their churn is actually pretty good because if you're a one-man show and you're in a tight spot, chances are like you have firmly built relationship with every single person and they're there because of you, you know? Um, so it's not the churn that's the issue. You're not losing that many people. It's just that when you have so little members, if you lose even one or two, it hurts. You know, the, the cancellation of the freezes come in, it hurts. Mm-hmm. So, so um, a quick fix would be there are two there are two solutions that I have seen that are the quickest fix. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is what we call um, a, a paid and full play, a cash injection. Right, so we we run it on Black Fridays for our partners. Um, we've run it for also other times as well. Right, it's like to, to give another example, um, this one gem that we helped um, was a small group slash personal training studio over in Miami. He, he was a really tight spot. Um, and he wasn't able to uh, afford the, the setup fee when we were first starting off, but like I, I made a payment plan with him to get him in so we can get the money, uh, get him some results ASAP, right? Yeah. Within the first week, uh, he made 19 grand. Wow. 19 grand. And that's from what, what I would call a paid and full play. Um, it's, essentially, it's, a, it's, it's something that, that has to be used very sparingly. Uh, it's it's a it's a reactivation of your current member member base, yeah. right? So, um, essentially, what it is is uh, creating an offer that's irresistible for your existing members to to pay for a year in full ASAP. And you don't want to sell too many of those, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on your cash flow situation, but but that is a way to be able to inject cash to your business pretty quickly. Now, the downside of that, it's like my reservation is like it also comes down to like the the gym that I'm chatting with, right? Because if they're charging like eighty bucks a month, like I. I wouldn't even want them to do that because that's so little, you know, mm. because then 80 bucks times 12 months, you're already undercharging yourself. It's like, you're essentially going to be serving people at like a loss, you know, it's like, so when you, you run the paid and full play, that doesn't work as well. Yeah. So that's my reservation on that. So that's, but, but that's one of the solutions that can inject cash very quickly. Um, alternatively to that is that if you have a, the second option that I have, that I've seen that works really well, Organic marketing is the cheapest way, cost effectively, mm-hmm. and also yields the highest quality of leads, right? Uh, because it, oftentimes it comes from uh, relationship. Someone to have referrals are always going to be higher quality in terms of uh, the person knowing you, liking you, trusting you, and having already known the price point uh, compared to someone who has never heard of you, right? Um, so that's the benefit of organic. S- the, the cons of organic marketing are slow. So if you're in a tight spot, um, this is how I was able to help that gym owner over in Colorado is a paid advertisement, paid media. But there are a lot of nuances, right? That's involved to make sure that it works because in order for paid media to work and you have the right offer in place for the market to to want to click on it and opt in. Mm -hmm. So so in other words, you need to be able to generate leads at a very high volume. That's the first step. And then secondly, once you have the high volume leads, because everything's a funnel, uh, the next the next piece is how do you add friction and how do you move people down the funnel to get them in the door and then signed up, right? So um, so having a, a very strong what what let's call like a lead nurturing process, right? It's like what do you say to them? How soon uh, do you call them? Do you text them? Do you email them? What's the cadence? What is the messaging? How do you get sure. people in the door? Right? Yeah. You have to get them in the door and then you have to be able to sell them. And this but the sales process is also important because if you're here's something that no one wants to share with with any uh, potential client, right? Paid media is the most expensive channel. Yes. Uh, actually, for, for a gym that's like starting out, especially starting out, like let's say like under five grand, um, 
usually, uh, or even under 10 grand, especially if they want to take a crack at it themselves, I wouldn't recommend it at all. Mm. I, I actually, I really wouldn't recommend it because the, the sheer amount of, of reps you need to go through to be able to get something that works, it's, um, you're going to be bleeding money and over right. fist, right? Um, because it costs so much. You're paying Facebook to get in front of people instead of you personally doing it. All yeah. it is, is like you're paying Facebook to, to send out flyers for you instead of you mm-hmm. just handing out hundreds of flyers a day. That's, that's all it is. But the whole process needs to work, right? So, so for paid media, what we have found is like, if you, if you really know what you're doing, you can get a customer acquisition cost, which is how much does it cost for you to acquire a customer from Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. of anywhere between, uh, let's say, for a higher ticket offer with a uh, hundred bucks uh, to, to even 200 bucks. So if it costs you, let's say a hundred bucks to 200 bucks today, right? So this is, this would be completely different numbers uh, seven to eight years ago, right? <laughs> completely different numbers. Right. But today, like if you, if it costs you a hundred to 200 bucks to acquire one person, if you're charging 80 bucks, kind of shit out of luck, right? It's like, um, but if you're charging more than that, let's say like 600 bucks or 1200 bucks, or in the case of our, our, partners, who, our clients, who we call partners. Um, now we're actually walking through how to charge two grand plus and be able to collect that much, right? Um, that, that difference um, between 100 and 200 bucks versus what you charge, that's how you make it sustainable, right? So, but I'd love to be able to show like one thing, like one magical bullet, it's like, do this and everything turns around. <laughs> but but it's, uh, it's similar to health and fitness or martial arts or anything, right? It's like it's um, a lot of, components that that works along with this one piece right but but um these two pieces the paid and full play as well as paid paid media with a high ticket acquisition system um rapid turnarounds if you know what you do absolutely absolutely yeah that's when i was learning marketing several years ago I always heard like, yeah, paid media, it's the most scalable. If you can figure out, you know, figure out a system that works for you, makes you money and you can put as much money as you want back into it and you can scale as much, but it's get, first of all, it's changed a lot since then because it's gotten so much more expensive. So if you you run, if you run a local business where you really can't, I mean, you could probably charge more than $200 a month, but where you, you're potentially like, if you're in a, small town <laughs> you're trying to reach people where you probably cannot charge more than $200 a month. I mean, you're, um, it's so difficult to get a good return on that. You, you have to have such good retention that you can count on someone being there longer than six months. Yes. And, and um, with what we have seen, the industry average for turn is, uh, it's about 10%, right? So which, which equates to about 10 months of them staying, um, the other piece, though, is I. You would be surprised, though, in terms of what people can afford, mm-hmm. um, because what what I have found is that a lot of um, a lot of gym owners we have chatted with, especially early on, they had they had this belief that where it's like, oh man, well, like I'm having such a hard time charging literally like eighty nine dollars a month, like or like a hundred nineteen dollars a month. Like, how is it possible for me to charge someone six hundred bucks or twelve hundred bucks? There's just no way. Right? It's like, yeah. Um, however, if you if you know of the right way to package it and how to have that dialogue, most of it, it actually, believe it or not, it comes down to sales. Yeah, the sales process. Right? I can, I can believe that because if you're just selling, if you're just selling workouts or nutrition or meal plans, it's like they can get that anywhere. It's not about that. But how you differentiate yourself compared to any other gym or anything else out there is how well are you able to get to know the prospect in terms of understanding their goals and how you map out a program that fits their goals specifically, right? 
Um, and if you're able to do that, say we've actually tested and just about like every single market, um, you can charge like a front end program when they're the most excited to actually really solve their problem for the first mm-hmm. you know, for the first time once and for all, like fully committed. Um, they're willing willing to pay you like ninety nine dollars a week. We will test it every single market. Um, wow! So if you know how to do that, it just comes down to the conversation, the way you package the offer, uh, the yeah. way you present it and deliver it. Um, but most mostly actually the way you listen to the prospect um, and, and you tailor the program to them. That's how you do that because on, um, I, I don't know if you know, but like for online fitness coaches and online fitness programs, I mean, there's oftentimes when they jump into a, a coaching program, when they're just getting started, <laughs> they're, they're coached to, to charge three grand, four grand right off the bat. And they do. Wow. And you can, and you can see so many online fitness coaches, even if they have less experience than the gym owner, you know, that's working locally mm-hmm. that has been doing it for a decade. Uh, they're charging like three grand, four grand for like four, five, six month packages online without even serving people in person, you know? So uh, it's all possible. It just comes down to how, how. Yeah. You know? It comes down to packaging and sales, what it sounds like to me. Yes. And one of the, one of the big things that I keep hearing you, cause you've mentioned this a few times now when you've gone through your case studies and, you know, through the mechanics of how to do it is having a front end offer that really pads that overall that lifetime value of that customer. So yes. you need, you need to have something on the front end. I think I know this is a huge problem. I know it's a problem with gyms, but I definitely know by experience from working in martial arts schools that, yeah. that the ones that are not successful or the ones that are struggling really bad, they have a really terrible knack for it's just free trials, free trials, free trials, free trials, free trials. And there's no, there's no, there's nothing that signals value about the program like a, like a trial cost maybe. Um, and there's no, you're, you're, you're at the, you're at the point where the only way to make your money back is to have them on some sort of long-term contract or to bet on them to be there for a year on a month to month basis. Can you, can you give us some, um, some tips on how, how we can think about putting together good front-end offers? That's a good question. Um, so in terms of how to package a front-end offer, uh, mm-hmm. what I would go to is um, how to build on an irresistible offer, right? So, so w- when it comes right. to marketing in, in layman terms, it's essentially like if you have an offer that's really good, right? It's like, let's say like if you're trying to, um, like l- let's take like real estate, for example. Like if you're trying to buy a house that's like 150 grand and then you walk up mm-hmm. to the owner, it's like, hey, like I'll buy it for a million. And I'll take everything off your hands and I'll hand it in cash. It's like, would the, would the owner say yes? Of course they would. Right? <laughs> That's like, it's like, wait, wh- why would I not do that? Right. So essentially right. Like, it's like that. Right. Um, but the way you go about doing it is important. And before I dive into that though, mm-hmm. the other piece in which you mentioned, um, even though I, I agree with you hundred percent, I, I think free trials and low barrier offers, um, they oftentimes they, they end up hurting more than it helps unless they have a very strong brand recognition behind it, like for a franchise and so on and so forth, right? Like those, right, those yeah. come well, right? Yeah. Um, and and the, the person that's taking up on the free trial, they understand that it's like the price point and so on and so forth. However, I actually think we can dive into what um, most people want, which is a, how do we, what's the shiny thing of how do we t- package an irresistible offer, which is, mm-hmm. a, what, 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 which is what most people would want. However, what I really believe what most people need um, is 
having a really core gapped sales process that no matter who it is, who's coming in from the front, from, from the front end, whether it's a free trial or low barrier or um, 12 weeks or six weeks or whatever, may, or whatever entry level offer or beginner program, um, they have a choreographed sales process where you get to know prospects at such a fundamental level and you mm-hmm. map out a program that makes sense and you sell them to the goals um, and then you charge a high, high ticket amount. That's actually the secret. Because if, if mm. you were to look across the board, across all, let's say, gym owners or martial arts schools or yoga studios for free trials, like if I were to ask them, hey, like, what, what does your sales process look like? Um, chances are it's either not very strong or it doesn't exist um, or it takes place like in the form of like, yeah, you know, like we give them a free week and our product speaks for itself. You know, uh, if, they love <laughs> it, if they love it, they'll join. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like, because like, well, when a person's walking through the door, there's reasons why they're walking through the door, through your doors. And there's a reason why they're doing it today. And so your job actually as a business owner to figure out, hey, what is that reason? In a non-combative or aggressive way or pushy way. But it's like, hey, like if you have a sales process in which you're able to, through 30 minutes, get to know a person's goals in terms of where they are, where they want to go and mass something out for them. I mean, you'll convert free trials, low barrier offers, anything you want at a very high ticket as well. Mm. Right? So it's, um, that's, that's actually the real secret, right? It's, um, it's similar to how if you look across any and take a step back from health and fitness, if you look across like any any industries <clears throat> when it comes to um, sales salespeople specifically, and this mm-hmm. is also another root um, issue in my opinion. If you look across any salespeople um, in any company, there's a huge difference between the top salesperson versus the bottom salespeople, mm. and where business owners in my opinion, uh, oftentimes make a mistake is that they believe like, oh, like, well, I'm not a salesperson. I don't, I don't care about sales. I don't want to do it, right? Well, what could really help them out, whether it's getting new people in the door, whether it's keeping existing members, relationship building, or recruiting and hiring the right team member and building a career for them and retaining them just comes down to understanding of sales. And if they just chose to understand and ask themselves the question, what makes a really strong salesperson, top level salesperson versus bottom level? And how do I start learning to become the, the top level salesperson for my business? Mm-hmm. They'll succeed. You know, they'll succeed. Um, but going back to what we were talking about before, the irresistible offer. Um, <laughs> actually, very closely tangents uh, what I what I was mentioning on the back end as well. So the way I see it is uh, the, the offer on the front end, which is ideally what gets people in the door. And then yeah. a sales process that's able to convert them in person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for a front-end offer, he would be able to do much better than me. Um, <laughs> search up this dude, uh, Alex Ramosi, a uh, hundred million dollars offer. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've read it. <laughs> really good book. Yeah. I have. I have his gym launch book. I don't think I've, yeah. I haven't read that that one. Yeah, his his a hundred million dollar offer. It's uh, I won't lie. It's it's a masterpiece. It's a uh, very well put together, right? It's like. I mean, the man's like really knowledgeable, right? So mm-hmm. um, if you want to put it together, I would spend one day to package that together or work with someone that, that already knows how to do it or something that's proven. Um, that would be the, the simplest way. However, to elaborate further upon that, um, the reason why an irresistible offer is important is because picture like this, like this, right? It's like if you were to take a step back, if you were to walk down the street, if you're a gym owner, let's say you offer a group fitness um, or your martial arts school owner, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You're going to hand out a hundred flyers. What an irresistible offer does is essentially like if you hand out a hundred flyers to a hundred random people, that's uh, ideally people that you serve. One of them says, Hey, 
COVID's ended. We're back. Come in. Smiley face. <laughs> Which is not really an offer, right? So it could just yeah. like, hi. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, and then another, another thing that says like, um, for the, for the case of, let's say like a health and fitness gym, right? It's like, um, free 21 day lifestyle transformation challenge or mm-hmm. a free 21 day, um, met- metabolism kickstart or whatever it may be, right? Tone, tone and trim challenge, <laughs> whatever it may be. <laughs> you, you name it, right? It's like, um, out of a hundred people, which one would, how many people would say yes or be intrigued about option one, which is like, COVID's ended, we're back, yay. <laughs> and how many people would be more interested in it's like, oh, what is that? Oh, wow, it includes so many of these things. That's interesting. That's essentially what an irresistible offer is and why mm-hmm. it's so important. Because the, the same principle in, in terms of how that intrigues curiosity within people, uh, with physical flyers, you're doing the same thing on the front end when you're leveraging it with paid media, with Facebook and Instagram. Um, in terms of how you craft that, it comes down to well, getting really clear on who is it that you serve, mm-hmm. what kind of results you want to deliver to them, and then next you figure out how. But essentially what the book dives into is um, you go step by step. Okay, so who is it the ideal cl- client authority that you serve? Right, let's, let's start there. Right? Um, and when they start to work with you, oftentimes, where do they start from? Where are they? You know, for, for a gym that, that serves gym pop, right? It's like, um, oftentimes it's like weight loss. Oftentimes. Yep. Because a good chunk of the U.S. is overweight slash obese, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if it's weight loss, then it's like, okay, well, if, if someone's starting off from weight loss, well, how much, how much weight are they looking to lose? And, um, what have they tried and all these things like that has to be taken into consideration. And you also map out, well, where do they want to go? Right. It's like, well, they want a body in which they feel good about. They want to be happy. They want to look in the mirror and be like, damn, like this is, this is amazing. Right. So they want to be able to like put on, put on their clothes and and be like, holy shit. (laughs) I lost a few few belt, like, like, uh, yeah, belt sizes. Right. That's what they want. Right. So, so if that's what they want, you have to be able to go through it. Okay. Well, step by step, what do they need to do to be able to achieve those results? Mm-hmm. Whether it's losing 25 or 30 or 45, what may be, uh, however many pounds. Um, but most importantly, how they achieve that feeling, right? It's like a map it all step by step. Um, so it can begin with, for example, um, well, probably like both, both portions, uh, need to be tackled, like exercise as well as nutrition, right? It's like, um, for them to get the results that they want. Okay. So well, let's start with, uh, if we want to start with exercise, okay. Well, what are all the objections or complaints that they would have, the challenges they would have? You just list it all out. All of it get really creative. Same thing for nutrition. Get really creative, right? And then once you identify the problems, that's challenges, how do you solve for it with a solution, right? So, so l- let's say uh, a nuanced example would be, um, and he, he actually gave that, this example in the book, um, when it comes to nutrition, the, the very first thing is like, well, I got to find time to, to shop for healthy groceries, right? It's like, um, well, and also healthy groceries, like that's, that's a pain in the butt. Oh, it's going to cost a lot of money. Right? It's like, oh, well, I don't know what food to grab. Right? It's like, so, so in those cases, all those challenges, if you flip them around, you can turn them into solutions mm-hmm. and different products you can ideally build out to solve those problems. Right. So, so in this, in the book, like one of the things that I think he, he, he mentioned he built out for his gym was, um, let's say like a grocery shopping list or something along the lines of that. Right. It's like, uh, that's able to do X, Y, Z. So, so you can make, uh, healthy grocery shopping with take place within five minutes in a way that's cheaper, um, than what you were doing before. Nice. So, so essentially mapping it out step by step, what are all the things you can throw in to help a person go from A to Z uh, and then package it and also naming it 
um, mm-hmm. in, in the right way, in a way that impeaks, uh, intrigues curiosity and piques mm-hmm. curiosity um, without diving into the, the really deep nuances. That's where I would start yeah, in terms of packaging the irresistible offer. Yeah. Okay. So extracting all that, you want to find out who it is you serve and what their most common problems are. Yes. And then you want to put together something that's, I think he calls it stacking or bund- or unbundling is what Alex called it, <coughs> yeah. uh, where you list everything you get out, every system, every service, every product, everything that, that's involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to, you want them, you want that at full force, right. And yes. full focality to their attention. Um, and then that's where you can start to slap a big price on there and say, Hey, yes. look, we're going to get you from A to B. You're going to get all these things, but here's what it's going to cost to get there. So, awesome. and that's where you kind of, that's where you, they decide, Hey, is my pain big enough to, <laughs> is it going to get me over this mark so I can pay this? And if they're really in, you know, if they're really interested in solving that problem, then yes, they will, they will pay the money and they will pay the money. And it's, it's, I, I really like, uh, smashing limiting beliefs. I know I still have limiting beliefs as well, but I really like smashing limiting beliefs because I used to think, well, I can't charge more than a hundred dollars for, you know, Taekwondo lessons or something like that. Or, you know, nobody can charge more than $200 to go, you know, for a gym membership. But if your amenities are nice, if you get, you know, personal training or this or that, like there's, there's ways that you can make money and in, and add services in and products and make it that, attractive and still mm-hmm. make your money back and still bring your profits up. hundred awesome. percent. And I think what ultimately matters is, uh, is the end result, right? Because I think that's something that, that we forget um, just as business owners and also service providers, right? It's like, um, pretend you're going to a dentist to get your teeth checked up, right? It's like, um, and they find a cavity, right? It's like, and uh, if they find a cavity, like, would you rather them just like do whatever it is that they do and take care of it that day? Like within like, 10 minutes ideally or would you rather them just be like okay well i'm gonna flex my expertise teach you all about teeth and then for the next week every single week you'll come in right it's like no 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 no, no. like i'm good you know yeah. yeah and something that we sometimes like that things that we find valuable are prospects the people we serve like the less less is more mm-hmm. you know and oftentimes just overcoming that limiting belief uh of being able to charge more um and just comes down to how you communicate it it's it, sure communication <clears throat> because any service-based business, what you're doing is you're essentially communicating air. If you think about it, <laughs> yeah. right? it's like, like you're communicating air. It's like, Hey, like there's nothing tangible, like, like product to hold, you know? Like, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. The funny thing about the funny thing about your illustration there with the, with the cavity is that, you know, there's also the anxiety of the longer the next appointment is out, the, the more worried you are about the cavity and then you start to get anxious about the solution too. So, yes. <laughs> so you do, hit it quick, hit it quick. Because, you know, if you don't hit it quick, that anxiety is going to cause the people to lose their motivation, either go somewhere else to get a solution um, or to engage in some sort of self-destructive behavior. It's going to make the problem worse and they're just going to leave. <laughs> which is, which I know that's a big problem, especially in the martial arts too, is that you get these problems as you, as you've done martial arts for a certain period of time, start to hit these plateaus and if you don't know, if you don't understand how to guide um, a student through that whole that whole life cycle and set expectations up front properly, yes. um, 
they're just going to drop out because their motivation is going to tank. They're not, they weren't prepared for that, for that plateau. Um, yeah. And, and building off of that, man, like, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, um, there's, there's a lot of value in just service-based providers, uh, first service-based businesses really prioritizing, um, early results, uh, fast wins, mm-hmm. quick emotional wins as fast as possible as well, right? Because the, the earlier they, they buy in on the process, the more they trust the process. Um, and then from there, a relationship starts building. Then you enter the relationship building phase, right? Absolutely. Um, and then that's when you can really help them stick with it when they fall off, not if, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Setting those ex- strong expectations up front and putting those, those, I guess you call them anchors in that you can pull, you can tug on mm-hmm. to pull somebody back in or prevent them from, from falling out. A lot of people don't realize what goes into that because they don't understand the psychology of buying or mm-hmm. the psychology of, of motivation and staying involved in something, even when it gets tough, because it's always going to get tough. Yes. You're going to get the quick wins at first and it's going to get yeah. tough somewhere. It's always going to get, especially in fitness, it's always going to get tough. The weight's going to go up. Yep. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to start feeling like you don't want to get under 300 yeah. pounds in the bar or whatever else you're doing. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, um, Ronnie Coleman, right? He says like every, like everyone gets like everybody want to get really fucking big, but ain't nobody want to lift like heavy fucking weights, right? It's like, no, he's over the, the yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you guide them through that? Excellent. So we're, that's the front end we've, we've, We've got our, our investment money up front. We've um, given them a great offer to help maximize their, the lifetime value of that customer. But hopefully they stay around. So then we get towards the back end of it. How should we, what considerations should go into setting like your monthly gym price, right? Because you said we shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing like paid in fools with everybody. We've got to be careful with that. So we want that constant cash flow for the, for the broadest part of our uh, member base. What, what should go into setting, setting your, your price points? Cause you can't really trust the market, right? You already established that. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, when it comes to paid in full, I will actually like once context matters, right? Because if you have a, mm-hmm. if you have a paid acquisition system, that's uh that's profitable where you know month in a month out you have XYZ coming in, right? So X mm-hmm. number of people coming in every single month. Um, then at that point, like paid full is actually like a really great lever to pull, right? Because that's just yeah. it's cash now versus cash later. Yep. Um, plus if you if you modify your pricing and you're charging at a price point, that's that's really good. Um, that's gonna be very helpful, right? Um, when it comes to the a business, one thing that's important to take into account is also gross margin. How much does it cost for you to provide? Um, how much does it cost for you to pro- provide your service for every single additional person you take on? Right. So, um, in the service-based business, like let's say for for a gym that offers group fitness, um, the the gross margin, how you calculate that is like how do you, how much do you pay your trainer or your coach per session? Right. So again, what are you what are you paying that? Uh, what are your clients paying you per session? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, you want to shoot for an 80% gross margin, right? So, so um, you could do that one or two ways, either uh, keeping your trainer slash coach's costs on the lower end um, or charging more, which mm-hmm. is uh, the, the latter is usually what I'd recommend, right? Because like the, the, the longer you have to keep your trainers and coaches, the happier they are, the more they feel like they're contributing towards something meaningful, the, the longer they stay on. And I think that for the long term, it's a, it plays out more favorably. Um, in terms of on the back end, once someone comes in from a front end offer or let's say a free week or anything, um, it, it's 
what I what I firmly believe, it's almost always helpful to actually have a once again going back to sales, have a very deep conversation in terms of where this person is and where they want to be. Ideally, let's say like a year from now on, mm-hmm. like uh, like let's say twelve months from now on. Hey, like this is where you are today. Right? Uh, twelve months from now on, who do you see yourself as? Right? It's like where do you want to be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Right? It's like who like what kind of habits do you need to do, do you need to maintain for you to step into that person? Right. Um, and getting really real, right? It's like, that comes down to like a, a standardized sales process. Right? A process doesn't make it less intimate or less personal. It's just a process that you execute on. But then when you're in the conversation, you're there, you're present with right. the person, right? Um, because like if you're putting someone through a front end offer, let's say whether it's uh, you're starting off with like 28 day thing or, or even 21 day thing or 30 day thing or six week thing or eight week or 12 week, whatever it may be. It's like if you just plop a, a standardized process, a checkpoint, if you will, um, provided you've done a really great job servicing them and also just helping them shift their beliefs, holding them accountable, building a relationship um, midway through, like you can just have that chat and you can, uh, about where they want to be long-term. Right. And you can plant that seed as early as you, you need to, right. It's like um, at the point of sale, right. It's like just by dropping different nuggets, it's like, Hey, like, yeah, we're going to start, we'll get you started for 12 weeks. However, this is a long-term play right? because I, I want you to be able to, be able to keep the results that you get. Right. So, so some, that's something we'll chat down the line as well. So, so start dropping those hints, dropping those seeds so that by the time that you have that check-in with them or you discuss long-term within, let's say, 12 months where they want to be, um, it doesn't come off as a surprise or it doesn't come off pushy or weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but once you have that dialogue, then you could just, once again, make an irresistible offer uh, for 12 months and be like, hey, like, honestly, um, I have something in mind that I think could really help you. Like, this is something that we actually offer for anyone that's coming through, through this program. Um, want to hear about it? Uh, totally okay if it's not right? it's like, like yeah yeah for sure it's like cool so this is what we call you name it whatever you want but like for, for our for us we we name it like year of change right it's like hey like for this year of change program you know essentially it includes what you're doing right now however we have things added on top because we're in the first phase right now right it's like mm-hmm. it's just more about pattern interrupts and breaking our habits but then secondly it's like how do you make sure that this is sustainable it's a, it's a lifelong change Mm-hmm. Right? How, how do you have this be ingrained within your identity? So you, you see yourself as a person that works out, that eats healthily, right? It's like, that's when you can offer maybe additional offerings, right? Um, yeah. Whether it's transitioning from like, uh, if you offer meal plans or what maybe into like uh, teaching them how to count macros and so on and so forth, right? Or a high level of service. Um, ideally, at, let's say lower than what you charge them on the front end. Right? So, um, so what that looks like is like, for example, like in, in our community, uh, when they're selling like a 12 week package, um, for $1,200 on the back end, they would convert them for like, let's say a year at, um, 300 bucks a month, the same exact service with more thrown in, you know? So, um, it just comes out of the process, but a lot of the extra pieces, they have to be put, put together as well. Sure. Cool. So, um, my last question is kind of a, I guess a Pandora's box, but. <laughs> how is it that you can take a business owner from working all the hours that an entrepreneur works, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90, a hundred hours a week uh, to, to allowing them to generate multiple six figures a year by working only an hour a day? How in the world does that work? <laughs> Good question. Um, so the short non-sexy answer is, uh, bulk of them is always the business owner. If the mm-hmm. business owner wants that, they'll optimize for that, right? It's like, there's nothing we can actually possibly do as a marketing partner that cares deeply about our clients 
um, where we can jump in there and rewire their their mindset and be like, hey, like we, we yeah. want you to work like, so little hours, right? Um, because at the end of the day, like our business that we build, it's just a, it's a vehicle for us to live the life that we want to live, right? So mm-hmm. it comes down to what, what a what the business owner's motivation is. Um, because there there are two things that we can really help with, right? It's like, uh, well, the, well, uh, there. When I take it, when I look at it through through the lens of like, let's say, uh, uh, team members, right? Um, for us, for our team members, um, in our internal team, if someone's ever not doing um, what. I think would be good for them to do, or what, what I think is important for them to do, is usually because of one of three reasons. Right? They're not motivated to do it. They just don't care about it. They don't know how, or they don't know that I want them to do it. Right? So, so that's for like an internal team member of ours. Right? Um, if you apply the same framework towards, let's say, clients, right? it's like the only situations um, that we can help with is like if they just don't know how to do it, but they're motivated to do it. Right, because if 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 they just don't know how to do it, how to free themselves up and systemize their business, um, that's something where we can jump in. It's like, okay, well, it's a the way the way of building a business is kind of like a Christmas tree, right? It's like um, at the beginning, the base expands, and then you got to trim, right? It's like initially, like for you to get out from the stage of business you're currently at. You need to expand more of what you're doing, responsibilities, and there, there will be going through a more period of overwhelm as you're learning new things for it to work. But then you got to trim your responsibilities. As in what you were doing before, you have to hand it off. Because like as, as a gym owner or, what, um, or any business owner, there are going to be things that you don't want to do. Like when we talk to our clients, it's like, you probably don't love cleaning toilets. But does that mean it doesn't get done? <laughs> it's like, no, of course. Like someone needs right. to do it. You know, it's not you, someone else, right? So, so we have to then trim the responsibilities that, they're, that they previously had um, by delegating to another person to bring on, right? Um, and, and then it's like the next level of, of responsibilities where it's like, okay, well, once you bring on someone, then you also then increase additional responsibilities, right? Because then you, you take on the responsibility of training and managing a person. Right, it's like, or even starting to understand, like, okay, how do I recruit and hire and train and manage a person? Right, it's like, and those, each one of those sub, um, we dive into those. There are additional responsibilities there. Right, it's like, by going through this iterative process, um, you, you get to a point where it's like, ultimately, if you're able to put yourself in a position where you have the right team members on board, right, so you have the right people in the right seat doing the right things, and all of the responsibilities that you 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 expanded and you trimmed and expanded and trimmed. When you're able to get to a point where it's like all the responsibilities are taking taken over, either by software or automation or the people that you have brought on, then you can step away. <laughs> then at that point, it's like the business is able to run run itself, right? It's like it's what we call like passing the vacation test, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's an iterative process to get there, and the prerequisite to, to afford that is uh, if the business owner wants to attain that themselves, right? It's like if they want that. Uh, because not, not everyone wants that because we do talk to a lot of gym owners who like love what they do and loves uh, the 12 hour days, just like coaching on the floor. Right. It's like, in, in that case, it's like, we're not, we're not here to like force anyone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a standardized process, right? It's like, it's, it's usually like more so personalized um, and we guide them through. Yeah. Yeah. From, from what I've read from like the e-myth and things like that, there's a, there's a number of ways to hack it, but what you, what you really want to do is like you said, you want to figure out what are the jobs that need to be done how much can uh, a given person handle those jobs? And then how many people do you need to handle those jobs? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> and then, and then as you, as you hire more, you realize, okay, so, you know, 
these people do these things. This person needs to manage these people doing these things. And then you just figure out who needs to do what, how it can be managed without you, without you there. So you can step out and then train up the people to do what you've done. Um, which I guess is there's an implicit part of that is you've actually got to understand what you did, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why it's so important, right? And, and yeah. I think when when I do see like business owners just jump over trying to shortcut it, like cool, I'm going to hire someone that they got it. It's like there's no way they got it. Yeah, I just want to be able to. I hear that all the time. I just want to hire somebody and just let them go. You know how, but but it doesn't work. It never no, works that there's way. No way. It never yeah, works that way. They got to learn how to use all your stuff. They got to learn like how it how to all your tools, maybe you didn't have tools. So now you have like a routine that you did and they don't have that routine. So (laughs) they take way longer to do, you know, so you've got to document it yourself and think about how can I make this easier for myself and then document that and then be like, all right, let's do a trial run with somebody, work out the kinks that way. And then it gets easier with each, each new employee. And, and one of the things that I, I I've learned is that, um, the role of a business owner, especially earlier on, is um, is to learn what responsibility. It, it, well, this actually goes like in any stages, right? The way I see and understand business is like there's like this. Uh, think of it as an imaginary list um, mm-hmm. of responsibilities that magically gets created as your perspectives shift and you identify uh, what needs to happen for you to get to where you want to go and grow the business, right? It's like it just these and these responsibilities magically pop up most of the times in your head. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to a point where it's like you realize all these responsibilities. Uh, well, it, then you also dive into like, well, which of these responsibilities do I prioritize and when? That's the hard part about business, right? But then once you have identified the responsibilities that are, that are able to have the highest output in the business, um, earlier on for most business owners, just sales. Just sales. Like they just, they just like, for example, I, I coach um, a, a lot of agency owners as well. Right? So I'm in a community with a lot of agency owners. From literally zero to 30K a month, it's just sales. Just <laughs> sales. It's like you just learn yeah. set, set appointments and close appointments. That's it. Yeah. Right? And because through the reps, you get better. Right, right, right. right. Um, yeah, that's how I see it. Excellent. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. This has been really awesome. Where can people find you if they want to work with you or reach out to you and pick your ring? Yeah, man. Um, George L1022 on Instagram. Um, my team has been bugging me about content, so I've just been pushing more content out there. So some more to come. Um, I think that that'll be the best move. And if, if anyone wants to uh, shoot me a message um, on Instagram, feel free to shoot me, shoot me a message there. Um, that'll be easy. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on and I hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it. 